All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back to the Tuesday edition of the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, presented by uh, PlayAlberta.ca. Uh, remember, if you uh, are new to it, check the uh, the money line. Uh, that's a bet just straight up who's going to win a game or a match without any spread or anything. It is the uh, most uh, straightforward wager, right? Very simple. Straight up. Who do you like? So if you ever see the money line, you're wondering what that is. That's what it is at PlayAlberta.ca. I am uh, Jason Greger. Coming to you live in the E-Well studios. And uh, we are joined by former uh, first round pick, former uh, NHLer, AJHL GM and coach, Sean Brown, our regular uh, Tuesday co-host. Uh, Brownie, how you doing? Very good, Gregor. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm uh, I'm really good. How is the... Uh, how, is it scouting? Like, as a guy who played pro hockey and then you were coaching and scouting and GMing, can you go watch your son and just watch it as a dad? <laughs> or do you have like all this scouting stuff kind of creeping in? How does that work? Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, I do a little bit of both. It's, it's hard. Um, sometimes, you know, I think, you know, having, you know, your dad as a former, former player, um, I'm sure has his challenges and its benefits for him. Okay. We've actually talked about it. You know, we have a pretty, we have a very good relationship on and off the ice. Um, you know, he calls me for a lot of advice. I got to be careful that, you know, uh, he is a talented player. Um, he is young and you can overcoach too and yes. you can overload him. Uh, so I got to be careful at times that I'm not nitpicking. Um, you know, I think we all have a tendency of, of, you know, pointing out things that they could work on. Um, and kind of zeroing in on that. So rather uh, than saying, Hey man, you're doing this really well and kind of build their confidence on what they're doing well. Exactly. So, yeah. um, you know, but it, it seems to work. He's he's always been responsive to, you know, what we talk about, which is a sign that, you know, um, he enjoys it. He does, after each game, call me uh, and looks forward to, to my feedback. So it's been a nice relationship, but you definitely have to be careful because I do watch it 
in a way that I'm always trying to help him get better. Right. And sometimes you just have to let him and let them find their own way and just play. And, uh, you know, I find when I do that at times, you know, you definitely you definitely do enjoy it a lot more. And it's interesting when you say that, because I know we're talking your son plays junior A and he's, you know, he's a first year junior A player. And the development curve for players, everybody's different, right? If all of a sudden, well, look at little Johnny, what he's doing. You should be doing that. Well, no, you might not ever be able to do that or you're not ready for that or there's things that uh, you can do better. And it brings me to Philip Broberg, who, uh, you know, and you're a young defenseman, you know, as a high draft pick who came in. And you, when you got to Edmonton, they weren't a good team compared to how the orders are now, right? And I always talk about being a young defenseman on a bad team is easier. You can get ice time. Sometimes you can get thrown in the deep end maybe uh, a little bit earlier than you would like. Whereas a guy like Broberg, people are like, wow, look what this draft pick's doing and look at what that draft pick is doing. And I really don't think that's healthy or fair because, yeah, they're playing on some bad teams, some of them. And now not all of them, like Matt Boldy, for instance, but it's a totally different position. And usually forwards, on average, can have more success quicker, at least points-wise, than young defensemen can. So when you see Broberg and, you know, 69 NHL games, it's four years after his draft, and people are like, well, they have to play him because of where he is, and you know what? Uh, his his future might be brighter than DeHarnay. It might be. I don't know. It probably brighter as a left defense, and I'm not sold to be brighter as a right defenseman, which is probably where he's going to make it now. Where do you come out on Broberg? And I think the orders are in a tough spot in how they're going to handle him because you can't just give him ice time when you're a cup contending team, it's different than when you're a rebuilding team. Yeah, I, it is. He's in a little bit of a tough spot and everyone, it's all about opportunity. Um, and like you said, I came into a team in a, in a situation where I was, you know, we weren't, you know, where the Oilers are at right now. They're a cup contending team. So the margin of error, uh, for all the players, especially young players is very small. So there's still that development part where he still needs to have opportunity to grow his game. Um, you know, and that's going to be, it's going to be tough for him to kind of navigate through that. It's going to be tough for the coaching staff to try and, you know, be patient and allow him to play his game and kind of work into his game, knowing that, you know, he's going to make young, young rookie mistakes. So yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it, it's good and bad. Um, you know, he's got uh, a great opportunity with, you know, obviously, you know, a number of defensemen, you know, nurse uh, at home, you know, he's got some leader, some guys that he can really look up to uh, on the ice and watch and learn like I did. I had Luke Richardson, Bor- uh, Boris Miranoff, you know, that's important watching and, and you can learn, you know, I, I learned a ton from just being on the ice with those guys and how they practiced, how they played a two on one, how do they play to how they played a three on two. Um, and I'm sure, you know, he's a sponge just like every young defenseman come in the league, but yeah, it's uh, it's not easy. You know, if he was on another team, he'd probably get, you know, a different look and, and probably more opportunity. I think you start to get yourself in a little bit of trouble if you start to look around and start to compare yourself with other players and maybe with what they're getting and, and maybe, you know, what you're not getting um, because no situation is is the same. Um, but I think that's part of the maturity and, and I think that's part of the staff's uh, responsibility is to you know, have those communicate that, that type of communi- that type of communication to, you know, make sure he's in the right headspace. You know, uh, it's funny you talk about Desjardins, like in the last couple of days, I've heard a lot about, you know, his training and his approach this year was a lot of it was mental. Yeah. Right? For Deharnay. De- sorry, Deharnay. Yeah. And, yeah. um, 
you know, that's part of the game that, you know, for myself, I didn't realize, you know, how big of a part of hockey that is until I actually got to the NHL, especially because when you get to the top, everyone skates pretty much the same. Everyone kind of shoots the same. I mean, you can't talk about McDavid and these elite (laughs) players are just, you know, they're on a completely uh, another level. But, you know, when I was growing up, it was always get into the gym, get into the gym, work out, get strong. And, and no one ever talked about the mental side. Right. And it was, it was a big struggle, you know, and, and, and I didn't have anyone and didn't really know what to ask or I didn't even know quite how I felt or why I felt that way. So it was kind of trial and error, trial and error for myself to kind of navigate that part of it. So that's been really interesting listening to him, uh, and, and what he did in the summer and to see if he can actually apply that. But that goes throughout the whole league with every player. Yeah. You don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. And experience is hard to get until you actually get it. Right. So and I, you know, having a young son and working with a lot of younger players, that's one thing I focus on with the kids. I said, you know what? Don't just watch when the kids are doing well. Yes. Right. Don't just, you know, don't just watch the highlights and and, and listen to the conversations when guys are doing well. Watch the stars and watch the guys as they struggle. Right. And watch how quickly and watch how quickly they're able to get out of it. Look at what they say and how they take ownership. Right. And try to, you know, and try and look at, you know, because. You know, I think my biggest thing and, and a lot of kids, you know, you, you think you got to be perfect to get to the NHL. No. Right. And you don't. But no. you have this, you know, because you're a fan and you look up to them, you have this idea of, you know, maybe we put them a little, you know, too high up on the pedestal as far as being perfect. But they're not. It's just their ability to get over mistakes and, you know, because you got to be consistent. Obviously, if you want to make it, you know, to high levels of hockey, you got to be able to perform consistently you know, throughout your career. So um, I think, you know, those are things that I point out to my son, you know, and I, I send them clips of conversations after a game where a guy doesn't play well and follow that guy, right? And watch what he says, watch his mm. body language, how he acts, you know, and, and you will learn probably more from that scenario than watching, you know, McDavid highlights, nothing against that. I mean, he's a, you know, so... Uh, you know, well, first of all, most people can't do what McDavid well, does. Well, so exactly. It's, I mean, it's we all- enjoyment for sure, right? <laughs> to watch. But I see what you're saying. And, and you know, now McDavid and they've gone through struggles, no question, uh, more as a team. But even him, like, I, I think if you look back at, at some of his early playoff success, McDavid would be like, hey, I got to be better. And that's just normal. He's a young player. And even the best player in the world, there's always room to improve. And, and he's always pushing and he's always challenging himself. And, and it is, you know, it's interesting. Like, I think for Philip Broberg, much of this season will be about mental more than anything because I'm sure every young player, every player, I don't care if you're 34, 24, 22, you want more responsibility. You want more opportunity. You want to play more minutes. And if it doesn't happen right away, there's two ways you can go about it. It can get to you. You can get mad. You can get frustrated. And I think, and that's why I want to ask, were you ever mad or frustrated early? And I shouldn't say were you. Of course you were at some point, but... How did you move on from that and say, okay, I got to stop before the frustration is going to lead to me. Now I'm tight. Now I'm anxious. Now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not happy. So A, I'm, I'm Eeyore around my teammates, which no one likes. And then B, the coaches get onto them and like, well, geez, we're not going to play the guy if he's pouting. So how did you ever have that? And how did you walk through it? Wow. That's, yeah, that's tough. It, it's kind of bring back, uh, brings back some memories of you know the struggle that it was you know because 
Yeah, there's times that, you know, obviously life is good when things are going well, right? I mean, yeah. there's nothing better. Everything's good at the rink. Everything's good, you know, at home and in your relationships. And, and when things aren't going well, I mean, sometimes it felt like I had a right-handed stick and had no blade holder in my skate. Like it was just, you just feel like a completely different person. I think, you know, when you're younger, I think it's important for kids to understand you know, mental preparation, right? You're not just going to learn, you know, what it takes mentally to perform and give yourself the best chance to perform every night, but you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Right. And so if you started at a young age, you know, by the time you get to pro, you kind of have a recipe um, and uh, a plan of what you need to do uh, to perform and get yourself ready. And then, you know, when you start to struggle, you can kind of pinpoint it to like, oh, you know what? I, maybe I didn't get the proper sleep or maybe it was, you know, the food or maybe it was, you know, I was, you know, peaked a little too soon before the game because, you know, you don't want to, you know, with all that mem- uh, mental preparation and, and, you know, getting hyped up before you get on the ice, sometimes you can, you know, peak too soon. And all of a sudden you yeah. get on the ice, you're like, holy gee, where did, where did all that energy go? So being able to manage that just takes experience and it takes time. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's something that, you know, every good player, like you said, has, is challenged with it. Um, I think it's just, you know, holding on to when things are going well, I think it's very important when you're playing a good game and you feel good about yourself, it doesn't just magically happen, right? It's, it's a lot of the self-talk and being aware of how you're talking to yourself, what you're saying, and really dial in on the games that you're doing well and feeling good focus on that because we have a tendency or at least I did when things weren't going well you held on to those probably wait those situations way too long and you let the good ones go where I, I if it was if it was me knowing what I know now and what I figured out later in my career I would have let the tough times and the tough plays and situations go and learned more from the situations that were positive Right. And just tried to really make sure I understood all the thoughts and everything that I was doing to give myself that chance. If that makes any sense. No, that makes total sense. Right. And I think it's also important, as you said, to hang on when things are going well, to remember that. Why is it going well? It's not just luck. Right. What have you been doing? Keep doing those those right things. And so then it's always kind of come back to your base because I know coaches talk about system. Hey, let's all have a comfort zone that if all of a sudden we're out of sorts here, we just fall back into our comfort zone and we feel confident that the other team, now we can stop things. Then you take that as an individual and you find out, okay, all of a sudden now I'm not, what, what am I doing wrong? Was I firing 15 pucks after practice every day, shooting on my shot because now suddenly I'm missing the net all the time. Yeah. We'll go back to doing that, right? So there, I think it's important to, to focus on when things are going well, yeah. to notice they're going well, be proud of that they're going well and understand why they're going yeah, well. Because like you said, uh, you touched on it there, like practice is everything, yeah. right? And so how you practice, if you're not scoring, well, it's usually because you're not quite bearing down and focusing in your practices, right? So when you start to focus and you bear down on your habits and practice, I've never not seen that player rewarded for it, right? So spending, you know, it's, it's a lot easier, I found, to spend time, more time, and do extra work on the ice when things are going well than when things weren't going well. Because when things aren't going well, like I said, you tend and you, you start to stay out on the ice longer, you're yeah. working harder, but at times it feels like you're pulling a Zamboni, right? And it feels like you're just, you know, you're working, you just can't go anywhere, you just feel stuck, right? Because everything is working against you. 
So when things are going well, stay out on the ice, do all that extra stuff because it's easy. You already feel good about yourself, yeah. right? And you don't, you know, when your coach is asking you to do extra stuff, it doesn't feel like you're as exhausted and you have more energy. Um, but you know what? It's, it's something that young players, um, with the help of, like I said, a good veteran group, uh, around you that, you know, you're asking questions or you're watching their behaviors. You got to be a real student of the game, right? Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you on Sports 1440. When we return, Dave McCarthy will uh, join us as we go around the NHL. Uh, lots of uh, interesting storylines. We're getting slowly closer every few games. You know, we see some young guys. The Orders did make a, a move today. Not a surprise. The day after uh, Bo Aiki was sent to uh, his junior club, Brady Stonehouse is also uh, reassigned to junior. He got in his one exhibition game, as did uh, Bo Aiki, both young players. You know, the, the future hopefully is bright for them. But uh, the orders, they got the game Wednesday, and they play Friday. I would expect a few more cuts after Friday's game before they head out to uh, Vancouver and Seattle on Saturday and next Monday. We'll come back with McCarthy on The Gregor Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. We continue on. Tuesday afternoon, Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you on Sports 1440. A lot of questions coming in. You can text us on our Jiffy Lube inbox, 833-401-1440. Some good questions. We'll get to those to uh, to Brownie coming up in our, our next segment. But uh, first, we are going to go around the NHL, brought to you by McDonald's. You can enjoy your choice of a sausage or chicken McMuffin. With hash browns and a small coffee for only five bucks right now at McDonald's. As we uh, welcome back to the show from Sirius XM, our uh, weekly Tuesday contributor, Dave McCarthy. Danger Dave, how you doing, my man? Good. Got uh, chicken McMuffin, I'll tell you, sounds good right about now. I got to get myself one of those. Look at Dave. He's got the blazer going. He's got the hat on. Holy cow. He's looking sharp. I like it. Well, I, I don't dress up for just anybody, fellas. Yeah. Let's be honest here. This is a, a high-class affair. As I learned in Ireland, they would say this is good crack, and that's that doesn't mean what you think it might mean. It means something <laughs> entirely different in Ireland. I like it. Uh, awesome. Uh, also, you, your beard's like in mint playoff form right now. Yeah, I know. I got to trim up. I, uh, I I trimmed up before I went away, and I've been back for about ten days now, and I haven't trimmed in about two weeks so we we got to tighten it up a little bit. It's preseason though. We'll, yeah. we'll look tight on day one of the regular year. I see a lot of people right now. It's it's preseason. Everybody's like Ottawa Senators, baby. I like everything that they've done, and everyone's excited. And it is preseason. Uh, there is some concern, a about the health of Josh Norris for sure. For mm-hmm. me, that's a that's a big concern. But what do you make of the off season of Ottawa, excluding the ownership? We'll get to that in a second. Just when you look at the makeup of their team, have they done enough to be a playoff team in your eyes? Well, the funny thing is, are, you know, are we playing the tape from the last two or three years where I think very similarly there were a lot of people saying, <laughs> oh, man, look, Ottawa, they, they won the offseason. Remember last year, oh, Alex, yeah. to bring it, they're going to be something else. Yeah. Um, and then by American Thanksgiving, or as they call it in America, Thanksgiving, uh, they were out, right, because they stumbled out of the gate. So, look, I really like their team on paper but I got to see it first. I watched them up close last night. Now, they had far from a full complement of players on the ice. Um, there's there's a lot to like. Look, bringing in Vladimir Tarasenko and, and Dominic Kubelik in the offseason 
Yeah, I think upgrades them based on where they were last year when they had Alex Dabrinkit. If Tarasenko is Dabrinkit's replacement, they throw in Kublik. He's a guy that can score. Like I like their parts. Uh, their their blue line should be better at the beginning of the year than it was last year by virtue of the fact that they'll have Jacob Chikrin here for an entire season. Um, you know, in between the pipes, they, they should be good enough. But I got to see it, and it's going to be incumbent on them to start out well uh, in the first six weeks of the regular season because in this Atlantic division, like, I'm sorry, fellas, if you build yourself too deep of a hole in the first six weeks, it's going to be too difficult to climb out of it because there are a lot of quality teams in this division that are interested in making the playoffs. Toronto, Boston, Tampa Bay. I do not think Boston, by the way, is going to fall off the map. Florida went to the Cup Finals last year, so they're obviously aiming to kick around. And then Buffalo missed by, what, a point or two last year? Ottawa, Detroit's made some moves, so I'm not convinced. Like, there's seven of eight teams are looking to make the playoffs this year in this division. So I do like Ottawa. Um, I, I think they've got all the pieces there. But I'm going to reserve judgment so I don't get fooled again. Hi, Dave. Um, I just have a question. I just With some of the players that have been picked up over the offseason and some of the coaching changes, is there anyone in the NHL that you feel like they, they need a quick start to the season? Oh, that's a, a really, really good question. Um, quick start to the season. Like, I, I think Columbus is an interesting case study as well, just because of the fact that Pascal Vincent's been thrown in with no notice um, in a year where it did not go well at all for Columbus last year. That's part of why they brought in Mike Babcock initially, because I thought what they had as the, as the, the complement of their parts in no way came close to the results. So I think they think they have a better team on the ice. That's why they brought him in to try to to get something out of it. And then obviously what happened last few weeks went the way that it did, and now Pascal Vincent is has been thrown in. I, I do think they have got a team that can at least play some meaningful games down the stretch, and if everything goes well, it wouldn't shock me. Like, if you want a hot take, I could see Columbus being in the mix and squeezing into the playoffs, but it's, it's going to be really difficult um, given what has happened. Um, for Pascal Vincent to come in and 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 get the ship chugging along right away. So you know if, if they get out to a good start, to me they're the type of team where if they if they are are in good shape come the calendar change in November, then it can kind of become an us against the world type of vibe where the fellas are looking around and saying, look, you know everyone was counting us out after last year. Everybody was counting us out after how the summer went down. Well. Look, we've had a pretty good first 15 games here. We're, you know, we're, we're nine. Uh, I don't know why I put myself in a position to do math all the time on the radio. Like, we're nine, four, and two, you know, after 15 games. And, okay, here we go. Like, we can, we, we can prove some people wrong this year. But that has to happen. If, if, if they stumble out of the gate, it's, it, I don't see it happening in Columbus. So they, to me, would be a team where it's really important. And, and certainly you just you hope for a guy like Pascal Vincent, who's been knocking on the door for a long time, to get a head coaching job, um, that he has some initial success. He doesn't become one of these guys that finally gets his shot, but it was in, it was in you know, tenuous circumstances, and, and he never really gets an opportunity to show what he's all about. 
Dave McCarthy from uh, SiriusXM joins us. Dave, I think the East, you know, they might have a few top teams, but they have a lot of teams that could be in the playoffs or just on the outside. And mm. it's funny because you have up-and-comers like Detroit and Ottawa and Buffalo. But then you throw in two teams that have, you know, some of the most elite players of all time in Washington and Pittsburgh, who also were on the outside last year. Washington was decimated by injuries, no question. What do you make of those two teams, Pittsburgh and Washington? And do you think Washington can maybe be more competitive than we think? Because a lot of people are thinking, "Ah, you know what, there's just no room for them. And I can see that argument. Where do you come out on the caps? Well, I'm totally with you that the East is so deep. Really, at, at this point in time, if you told me to place a bet on two teams that would not make the playoffs, the only two teams that I'm confident betting on are Montreal and Philadelphia. Everybody else in the Eastern Conference, I think, has a chance to make the playoffs if, if things go right. Now, in Pittsburgh and Washington's case, um, do more things need to go right than some other teams? Sure. And in, in the case of just those two teams, I think a lot more needs to go right for Washington than Pittsburgh. Like, if you look at, at, at Pittsburgh right now, Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, Chris Letang, Jake Gensel, like, I think they're, they're good players. Um, Eric Carlson, obviously, um, are better than Washington's best players. Let's, you know, say Ovechkin, uh, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Carlson, uh, John Carlson. I, I would pick Pittsburgh ahead of Washington if you made me pick between uh, one of those two teams. The, the issue is, like, in, in a different division, if Washington was in maybe the central division, could they sniff around and squeeze into a wild card spot? Maybe. But I just I, I don't see it in the east what with the depth that there is in that conference. Like, if you look at the metro division alone, I see Carolina, I see the Rangers, um, I see Pittsburgh, I see um, <clears throat> who else am I forgetting there in the Metro Division uh, off the top of my head. Like the Islanders, I think, are right on par with the uh, with the Capitals. Um, and there's one other team, why am I blanking on them, from the, uh, the Metro Division. Well, Fellas, help me out here. Columbus, Washington, the Islanders. Um, who else to say? Devils, Rangers. Devils, Devils, Devils. A hundred percent. They're in ahead. So you know, if you look at Devils, Rangers, um, you know, as getting in Carolina, those are my top three. You know, and then I think Pittsburgh's ahead of Washington. Like who who who's Washington going to knock out of that to get in? And I still think the 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 Jackets and the Islanders are teams that could make some noise. So. Um, I just don't see a path into the playoffs for, for the Cowboys. I don't think they'll necessarily be a doormat either. I just don't see a path with the depth in the Eastern Conference. Dave McCarthy uh, joins us. In the West, Dave, um, you know, lots of people are looking at Edmonton, Vegas, Colorado, Dallas. Uh, the Central Division for a long time was pretty loaded. It might be the weakest division in hockey this year when yeah. I look at it. Uh, where do you come out on the Jets? I, you know, that interesting Dubois trade, they got a lot of depth. Dubois was the best player, but they got th- three really solid NHL forwards in return. You know, they also uh, shipped out Blake Wheeler. They bought him out, and then he signed for 800 in, in New York. But where are you at on the Jets? And to me, the biggest question mark is their defense. Like, can their defense, yeah. like, I know Morrissey had an unreal year last year. Can he repeat it? And can their defense be good enough to keep them in the hunt? 
That was funny. We were talking about the Jets the other day down at Leaf Camp with a number of the reporters and just trying to kick around that Central Division. Like, I see Colorado, I see Dallas as being locks to get in. And then after that, I think there is is some room um, for battles. Like, Nashville should be, you know, in the mix. Uh, I think that St. Louis could be in the mix. Uh, I, I see the Jets as in the mix um, as well. Like, here's a hot take. I could see Arizona playing some meaningful games down the stretch. I don't know if they'll get in, but I really like a lot about what Arizona's building right now. Mm. And, and, I mean, Logan Cooley really, um, you know, underscored my opinion with how he played in Australia. Now, let's not get carried away. It was a couple of exhibition games, but that guy looks like a player. Like, he really does. Um, but so to me, I, I look at Winnipeg right now. They kind of remind me of, of, of St. Louis this time last year in that if, if they get out to just a so-so start and they're kind of middling around come January, they've got a couple of guys in Mark Shifley and, and Connor Hellebuck who are approaching unrestricted free agency. And if they're not signed by that point in time, I think Kevin Sheveldayoff will have to look long and hard, like Doug Armstrong did last year, about where they are in the standings and, and, and might have to make a tough call. Because if Winnipeg is like four or five points out two or three weeks ahead of the trade deadline, like can you kind of fool yourself into thinking you're in a playoff race? Yeah, sure. The, the, the realistic possibilities of getting in not that good. And then what happens to a couple of guys in Shifley and Hellebuck, who I would assume would have a great deal of appeal on the trade, mark, uh, the trade market at that point in time. Like, you might have to make a, a tough call and, and punt on the season. So, like, unless Winnipeg is really fully, truly solidified in a playoff spot by the trade deadline, and those guys are not signed, Shifley and Hellebuck, like, I think it would be the prudent play on the part of, of Sheveldayoff to make a tough call. Because remember, Winnipeg is not a market that can just watch those guys walk out the door and then turn a point and say, oh, well, look at the cap space we got. Well, that's nice. Now you got to attract somebody to Winnipeg with that cap space. And that's not, no disrespect, not the easiest market to attract guys in free agency. You might want to cash those guys in and and get young players under control back so to me at this point if i'm looking at the jets they'd be a long shot to make the playoffs hey davy what did you think of that number 18 for the leafs last night good player good player he's got some speed <laughs> he's got some hands he made a nice play down there below the goal line oh. on the power play to to easton cowan who also looks like a yeah. player i'll tell you yeah, good-looking player. I don't know. You, you must produce some good-looking players out uh, your neck of the woods, Greg. Yeah, that Easton Cowan, though, I will give him credit for a rookie, man. He looked, uh, you know what, and lots of confidence. And it's funny, uh, Brandon Sutter told me these young players come in now, and he's just like, oh, my goodness, they're, they're just, there's almost no fear, and they're very confident and willing to make plays. And, you know, Cowan is obviously going back to junior, but uh, he made a real noticeable impression and, yeah. you know, might have earned himself another preseason game. Not might have. He did yeah. uh, confirm by Sheldon Keefe today. He will get another look. He's going to stick around. I, I just love the way, one, the guy got a penalty shot early in the game. Real nice play to protect the puck. Didn't score, but he didn't let it phase him. 
Like, he just got better as the game went on. He continued to carry the puck with speed through the neutral zone. He continued to drop the shoulder and go to the net. Like, he commanded the game out there. Um, and for a young guy, um, really, really, really impressive. So I think Easton Cowan made quite a quite a, an impression. I don't think he's going to make the team. Um, you know, could a number of crazy things happen and some guys get hurt and he gets a handful? Maybe, who knows. But let's not get carried away. No. But he certainly made a real good impression on uh, the coach and the management last night with his uh, his debut. Well, Dave, you made a really good impression on us uh, with your fashion choices today. Solid work, solid work, and uh, we will chat with you next Tuesday. Okay, boys, be well. That is uh, Dave McCarthy from Sirius XM. Also might have had one of the best backdrops we've seen as well on the live uh, YouTube channel. And the back's got all the trees around him, looking very comfortable, uh, dapper with the hat. I like it. It's a good look. It's always nice. Yeah, it's kind of, I like that, the, you know, we can talk to our guests and see them now, uh, due to doing the show live, uh, on YouTube. So, uh, anybody who wants to watch, it's great. But I find sometimes when you look at each other, it's just a little bit more conversational, shall we say. It's that time of the year where, man, we know that we're going to be hunkered in. <laughs> yeah, you get know, outside. It, man. It's coming soon. I came here, I was listening to the radio and they said there's possible snow next week, right? So we got to get outside and enjoy it because we're going to be stuck in here for a while. Yeah, well, snow in October usually means it'll snow and then melt, hopefully. So uh, we heard from a Wawad earlier. I didn't remember, but last year they had the golf course open on November 7th. Like, there was a lot of courses open right till the final week of October, which is amazing. So that would uh, that would be great. And we still had a good winter for the ODR. I'm a big ODR fan. So uh, we'll come back. We've got a lot of texts uh, to get to to Brownie. Also, uh, maybe a story about Dante's. That who, who knew that Dante's was such a romantic place? We'll find out next on the Jason Greger Show, presented by Play alberta.ca we continue on jason greger show on sports 1440 presented by PlayAlberta.ca, where of course uh you can get involved in the program you can text us on our jiffy lube inbox 833-401-1440 can chime in in the uh, comment section on uh, youtube also on our uh, facebook page as well uh connor is always uh managing that so it's uh it's nice i like it um lots of uh questions coming in for brownie in our early topic so uh, we'll get to that and of course uh, sean brown is our uh, big guest of the day today brought to you by silent ice sports and entertainment they've expanded they now own the jphl an academy style approach for u14 u15 and u18 players with a focus on skill development and education learn more at junior prospects and uh if you want hey brownie I, I was listening to you talk about positivity for kids as a coach how do you balance wanting to help them improve by maintaining being positive uh, that's a good question. Um, oh, that one comes from Doug, by the way. Yeah. You know what? It's, uh, I think anytime you can catch a kid in the act of doing something positive, it's important to point that out. Um, you know, especially because kids, you know, as coaches, they, they want to try and impress and, and, and show that they're coachable and, and a good team player. And obviously as a, as a parent, your kids are always want to try and impress us as well. But, uh, yeah, anytime, you know, you're trying to put them in situations where, you know, if there's something that you are working on, um, uh, you know, that's part of their game that maybe they're struggling in, you know, I think if you want to see. 
One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A quicker result is is to try and find ways at different times to address, you know, the positivity in that scenario that you've created for them. Yeah, I, I think it's good to point out when they do something well, and and almost like for me, especially for the younger kids. Maybe when it's older, they won't believe in it as much. But I'm coaching eight, nine, ten year old kids, and when they do something well, I treat it like, oh my goodness, I was the greatest. You're crushing it. That is so awesome. And then you know what? Doesn't especially because. You know, you try to outline one or two things. You can't give a laundry list of things for kids. It's too much. So, you know, okay, you know, we want passing. We want pressure or whatever it's going to be. And then when someone does it, if you point out, that's what we're doing, kids. And then everybody gets excited about it. And away you go. I think that's. And then you could also mention, hey, that was really great. Two good things. Um, we went to a coaching clinic and they talked about the, you know, the three to one ratio. Three positive, you mix in a constructive criticism. So you go two positive, you put the construction criticism in there, they hear it, then you end with a positive. So you're not starting and ending with negative yeah. because if you give them all the three, oh, you're doing this well, you're doing this well, but, mm-hmm. well, then usually they only hear everything after but. They forget <laughs> what was before but, right? Absolutely. And so I think it's an art as a coach because sometimes you get lost, and as a parent, same thing, you get lost in thinking, well, I'm trying to help them but sometimes you're not helping them because all they're hearing is they're not doing something yeah. right. And and every kid is so different yes. too, right? I mean, we all know there's kids that are more open than others. Some kids are quite shy. I mean, it, it, to be honest with you, it took me a little while, you know, to kind of figure out, you know, how to approach kids, how to talk to kids. Because I felt like, especially at the beginning, when I first started out, I was so passionate and so enthusiastic about what I wanted to teach and how bad I wanted you to get it. Like I wanted it in some cases, probably more than them. Mm-hmm. Right. So now I'm coming with all this energy and enthusiasm and they're looking at me like, whoa, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so I was like, "Ooh, I got to just be care- this kid's a little bit different than yeah. the next kid and my kid. And, you know, so I think that's very important for a coach to understand each kid and maybe how they learn uh, and kind of tailor it to that that kid. I mean, there's but uh, there is nothing more rewarding, though, than when you do point something out or you do find that relationship and how to make it work 
and then they smile and you can yeah. see them get something out of it. I mean, it just, there's no better feeling as a coach. Yeah, 100%. Uh, that's very, very true. Now, um, we've been teasing it a little bit. We got a lot of text about uh, Dante's because I, um, now I, your wife gave me the version of how you two met. <laughs> so now I, w- I uh, want to hear Brownie's version. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'd At like Dante's to, yeah. of all places, yeah. eh? First of all, I want to thank you for inviting me to, that was a great night. Uh, what was that, the pint? Uh, yeah. Uh, that was a great night. And of course, there was free drinks and food. So you know who's going to show up. <laughs> Taran Sandwith, <laughs> former captain, used to play with him. This is, hey, now, hey, this, I got the mic now. Oh, yeah, he's I nowhere. It. I don't he's know nowhere. where he, yeah. I don't see him. Because, oh, man, he's, <laughs> it's like he backed up the bus over a few times. <laughs> yeah. So this is, uh, you know, I, uh, how this played out actually was quite interesting because we were having a good night just talking about old stories and then I had to go to the washroom. And so sometime between me going to the washroom and you showing up at the table and Taran being there and leaving my wife alone with you guys, all of a sudden I come back and it's like, wow, I'm just taking digs here. So well, I, I, I was more, I was just the, the listener of this, <laughs> of very interested because it was hearing the wife's version and then you're hearing, yeah. your, you know, your, your former captain buddy's version yeah. about, uh, uh, stuff. It was quite comical. Yeah. So, yeah, but I didn't know that because it turns out we've got texts coming in also saying uh, that you met also Alice Hemsky supposedly met his wife at Dante's. Who knew it was like the romantic place yeah, it was the, the orders in the, in <laughs> the late 90s, early spot. 2000s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? It was, uh, gee, I think it was like at the beginning of the season, like at training camp and everything was kind of ending and um, we, uh, you know, obviously that at, at that time there's a lot going on and, and you kind of want to unwind a little bit. So we decided, I think Dante's was, it was, was pretty, pretty new. new. Yeah. I think LaShant's owned it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he, he might have owned it. Might have, if yeah. not. But anyway, we, uh, we all decided to go. I wasn't even sure if I really wanted to go out. <laughs> and, uh, it was, it was a bar that was it, had. Was like it a, like twist your rubber arm or? Was pre, it, yeah. yeah I, was okay. kind of, I don't know if I wanted to go there. I think oh, okay. I was, I was living downtown. I don't know yeah. if I wanted to drive all the way out to the West End. I was Fair. kind of hoping something around. It was always a commitment. Out. Yeah. So yeah. Billiard Club was kind of my spot. But anyway. I decided to switch it up. There was a little bit of a dress code, too. Yes. Uh, and we had, I think we had played. I went home. I changed him and hot about whether I was going to go or not. So anyway, I decided to go in a T-shirt. And uh, yeah, we were just having a good time, kind of hanging out. And uh, I noticed Wendy. She was with a friend and yeah, kind of noticed her eyes. And, uh, you know, she wind up talking to me. And stupid me. We didn't stay there very long. Yeah. So we were all having a good time, but we wanted to switch it up. And so we went to another place called Rum Jungle that I'm sure your listeners are aware of. Lots happened there. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure. Right here in the mall. <laughs> yeah. So we wind up leaving. And so I was chatting with her and I just said, hey, uh, why don't you meet up? We're, we're heading out to Rum Jungle. Why don't you meet us there with your friends? I'll leave your name at the, the door. Um, and then that was that. And so I thought I was going to catch up with her later on in the in the night. But I, it totally got away from me. I totally forgot. You didn't put her on the I list. I didn't put her oh, on the list. But I wanted to, hey, maybe, maybe I was trying to make her work. Oh, that yeah, was my yeah. way of yeah, seeing how bad your... she actually wanted me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, we wind up going to Rum Jungle. And I forgot to leave her name. But she wind up getting in there anyway. And I met up with her again that night. And she's like, oh, you didn't leave my name. And I was like, hey, well, you know, I didn't want to admit that I made a mistake. <laughs> like I said, I, I think I probably said, hey, listen, that's, you know. How bad do you want me? Let's see, let's see. So anyway, it uh, yeah, it was it was kind of an odd spot to to maybe meet your wife, but um, it is what it is, and yeah. So 
She did tell me a really funny story, Brownie. Um, that you know, maybe you're like, you know, your dating acumen at that time. You were a young player in the league, so maybe you were a little younger in the dating scene. So you, I don't know if it was your second or third date or something, and uh, you bought her a. Uh, now I don't know if it was her oh, birthday shit. cake. You bought her a cake, right? Yeah. How long did you have to sit with her? How much did you get out of her? Uh, uh, pretty good question yeah. asker. I can get, I can get stuff out quickly in short time. That is this true? You bought her a cake, and then when she came over, you had already eaten the whole cake. And she took too long. <laughs> she took too long. What kind of cake was it yeah. that you could eat the whole yeah. cake? I'm a huge ice cream guy and a huge Dairy Queen ice cream cake guy. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So you bought her a cake. What was the reason? Just because? Uh, or did you buy it for her because you wanted to say, oh, this will be nice. I was pouring it on. I was pouring it on. Pouring I had on. my A game. That yeah, was my A game, game at that time. An ice cream cake. <laughs> <laughs> she probably told you our first date was uh, Boston pizza as well. She probably threw that out there as well. <laughs> she did, She's throwing me right under the bus. <laughs> hey, I wanted Oof. to set the bar. Yeah. I didn't want to set it too high. Okay. Are you in it for the right reasons? <laughs> yeah, okay. Are you yeah, in that's, it? Hey. That's true. So sure. I had, yeah, yeah, so I was testing her out. But mm-hmm. yeah, so uh, yeah, I bought her... I bought her a Dairy Queen cake, and uh, I don't know. She was probably, well, she was going to the U of A at the time uh, and uh, probably took too long to come over, and I wind up eating the whole thing. To make it worse, I'm lactose intolerant. That's, that's <laughs> didn't probably, you know that? That's probably, a, that's probably, a, that's probably a, she, she was, I didn't even know that. You didn't know you were I lactose intolerant? No, no, I didn't. I had no idea, and she's like, hey, everything Okay. And I was like, well, you know, so she, as I started dating her, she was like, you know what, let's start watching what you're eating. And next thing you know, she's So like, you're playing in the NHL, no clue that you're lactose intolerant. No. Well, I, I mean, I grew up with like, I drank milk and especially oh, milk. Like, dude, being, I love drinking glass of milk, man. Well, it's my favorite, a peanut butter sandwich. Ontario, oh. we had bags. You guys have. Oh, yeah, we had the got, bag milk. Yeah. Oh, here? Yes. I thought, no, you guys. No, no, we had the, you would have the bag, you would cut the corner of it, yeah, right? And then you yeah, have it yeah, in the jug. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, dude. Oh, okay. There's yeah. a guy at Orders Nation, his nickname is Bag Milk. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was an Ontario thing. No, so, no, we had, uh, we had bag milk yeah, here, so, for sure. You know, I got, I got two older brothers. And so, like, milk was when you had a bag of, a fresh bag of milk, it was like, that was a great day. And you <laughs> literally, I would drink a bag of milk. I just, I drank milk a lot, yeah. you, you know, probably more than I drank water. And did you always feel crappy? No, not I really? never really paid attention. So it just kind of came I, as just, you got older. Yeah, maybe yeah. it kind of came. And I just, honestly, I struggled at putting on weight. Okay. Right? So I ate a ton. I could eat anything. And I, you know, so, you know, I just kind of assumed that with my diet and the fact that I eat everything and anything, that was kind of the reason why, you know, maybe that I was that way. Um but then, like I said, as I met her and she's just like, you know what, like, let's let's kind of watch what you eat and started paying attention to it and making me more aware of it. I realized there and she realized it's like, you know, hey, let's. let's. And this is like what, late 90s, early 2000s? Yeah. OK. Yeah. You know, so anyway, it's all sorted out now. But so I you do, can't eat an ice cream cake or you well, can have one I, I don't. I mean, at that time, I could eat a whole ice cream yeah. cake because it did. I didn't. I never had to worry about my weight. I could eat anything. I used to have Sundays before I went to bed. Like that was one of <laughs> Don Sweeney, uh, the GM of Boston. He was my roommate in Boston. That was our thing was, you know, be on every road trip before we went to bed, we'd always order a Sunday. And have yeah. a Sunday before like from the hotel, from the hotel, and those ones are Room usually service. pretty big. Yeah, it was yeah. just it was great. You're sitting in bed, just kind of chatting, have a Sunday. He liked ice cream as much as I did, um, but uh, 
yeah, so you know, I, I obviously don't have those habits and eat like that. I can't because I'm not as active right now. I, I eat less ice cream, but every once in a while, I I feel the urge to to have it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so, but yeah, it. Uh, yeah, when Don Sweeney and I used to have the Sunday, it was actually kind of funny. His his wife bought him a candle. Bought him a candle, a scented candle in our room. Just to bring to, on the just, road? Just, yeah, we had that in our room just to make it kind of smell nice. And Were you just yeah. like, what is this? Oh, no, and he, I, good for yeah. him because most guys would be like, oh, yeah, honey, thanks for the candle. Where yeah. is it? It's in my suitcase. <laughs> yeah, no, he was a Sweeney was a, a great roommate, especially at that time where, like I said, I was married a little bit older. He was a he was a great guy to hang around with and, and learn and. You know, he had obviously a lot of stories for for the amount of years that he played in the NHL. Jason Greger, Sean Brown with you on Sports 1440. Let's get to a con man. Sports 1440 update coming up in uh, hour number three of the show. Uh, Struds will join us. We have uh, five questions. Uh, We'll get more into the uh, orders blue line. Uh, Broberg, uh, a few other ones. Uh, Lots of texts coming in about Broberg uh, to Brownie right after this Update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling Home. The no payments, no interest for one year on your furnace or AC. Stay warm or cool all year. LegacyHeating.ca. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. 
Code Program.